37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. This week we're leaving the comfort of our zoo and heading to a remote island as we review classic number 46, 2006's Madagascar. Sorry, the wild. I've got popcorn at my bum. I'm Chris Fletcher. I can't imagine beginning the day without licking myself. I'm Lucy Rain. I'll take the one with the funny knees. Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. Hello. Lucy, uh, we, we just recorded that intro twice, and Lucy congratulated me on my Patrick Warburton, and I, I, I contested. No, that wasn't very good, but that one was even worse. <laughs> oh well. That second one wasn't as good, but I did think your first one was good. Oh, well, isn't that a shame? We'll never know. Mm. Oh, do you know what I could do? Actually, I can uh, because I'm going to send. This probably will only work on the audio, oh, okay. uh, audio version yeah. and not the video. Go on, then. But I can drop the original over that one. Yeah. And people will never know. Oh, no. vanity, vanity. But they will probably know, we've just talked that. about it and I'm not going to cut this out, so... Well, that's fine. No. <laughs> what about the audience just takes your word that you can do a really good Patrick Warburton mm-hmm. and then you don't need to prove it either way because they Peter. could be disappointed. Peter, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to talk like that all the time. Cusco. Cusco, poison. The poison of Cusco. Cusco's poison. I'm making you a bit smaller here because you're bigger than everybody else. So I'm actually moving you about on the screen now in front of everybody. It's quite fun. Oh, we should be doing that in real life. Right. Yeah. Um, well, here we are to talk about The Wild. Um, well, we've all been really excited to see this film because none of us have seen it before, I don't think, have we? We, we know so little about it that I, tweet, I tweeted asking uh, people... Um, to let us know what they thought mm-hmm. of it. Only one person got back to us. Um, and I attached a GIF to it, and I didn't even know if the GIF was from the film. And here's how bad it is. Having seen the <laughs> film, I still, oh, no. I'm still i still not sure if that GIF is from this film or not. I don't, think, not. It I don't think it no, is. I don't think it is. It, <laughs> not only had none of us seen it, though, I don't know about you two, but I had never heard of it when we started doing this podcast. I mean, I'd heard about it before this week, yeah. but like a year and a half ago, when we started doing this podcast, we were looking ahead and going, and I think it was you, Chris, who went, oh, and then we get into that, that weird period where they've got stuff like The Wild, yeah, and I, I went, <clears throat> they've got what? I, I don't I, think I really knew about it. And I, we're massive yeah. Disney fans, massive Disney fans, never heard of this Is film. Is this the one that's a classic that, that in the UK, but it's not a classic in the US? It shouldn't be a classic anyway. Well, that's up for debate. I'm sure we can decide whether we all agree with that or not. <laughs> no, because I think Dinosaur is a classic in the UK. No, so Dinosaur was a US this... one. Oh. Oh, goodness, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think this is the one that's in the UK one and, and isn't in the US. This is where we get back mm. on level numbers after this with the US. Right. right. Which gives you a well, good indication of whether it's going to be good or not, I would say. <laughs> I well the fact that I'd never heard of it mm-hmm. made me think this must be really bad like movie of shame kind of bury it under the carpet and that's why I was looking forward to seeing yeah, it yeah. now we'll discuss whether or not that was the truth well, in a minute as usual we get excited with something that we haven't really seen because we suspect it's going to be bad and that normally means like it's going to be fun to talk about Yeah. but then there's always the risk it might just be meh or boring or just terrible yeah yeah yeah, or just arduous. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we thought of it, though, in a few minutes. Um, Lucy, do you want to do some history stuff? Shall I play these jingle? Are you ready for it? Yeah, baby. Here we go. It's time to dig a little deeper to learn some Disney stuff. Dig a little deeper. No, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig down deep into the facts. We'll find out what we need. Lucy will school us, guaranteed. Open up the windows! Light in the light! Children! (laughs) (laughs) Nice little flick there with your hands, Lucy. I like it. (laughs) Your little dance. Uh, Right, the wild. Okay, guys, just to let you know, go into my thought processes a little. When I do these history segments, the first thing I do is 
I go on Wikipedia and that just, it gives you your really basics, bish bash bosh, bit of information. If there's something I find interesting, I can then go and research someone's biography mm-hmm. and I tend to spider off from there. So just like I normally do, I went to the Wikipedia page. Now, every movie I have ever done this for has followed the same segments on Wikipedia. It goes, little introduction, and then it goes plot, cast, development, production, animation, and it does it in sections. I got to this little page, and it went plot, cast, release, comparison to Madagascar. (laughs) (laughs) That's the actual, that's it. That's all it's got to tell you. And then there's a little bit on the video game and the soundtrack at the end. But it doesn't even bother telling you about the production or the animation or the writing process like we normally get. Normally, um, Disney and Pixar films, there's always like a film that's like it from another studio and people compare that to the Disney and Pixar. This sounds like it's the other way around, Mm. that people are comparing this to Madagascar. Well, it came out a year later, and mm. as is often the case, they're actually in production at the same time. Yeah. So, in theory, both of them could either argue that they knew nothing about the other one mm-hmm. or argue that the other one had copied them. They could but both do that, but I'm, unfortunately... I'm no lover of Madagascar, but this, like, if you put them next to each other, just visually, this looks like the worst film. <laughs> so people are going to say, well, that's just a copy of Madagascar. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realise they um, came out so close together, actually. I'm quite surprised about that. No, because this looks like it was made about 10 years before Madagascar. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we can talk about that in a bit, but um, it's funny that this and Dinosaur are the ones that, one of them's US and one of them's a UK classic, because style-wise they seem quite similar to me. Mm. Yeah, mm, I think that's doing an injustice to... Dinosaur. Uh, dinosaur. <laughs> We, wow. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to this, we'll get on to this. I think we're nailing our colours to the mask um Quite soon. It's rubbish. So, <laughs> it was co-produced by Walt, uh, by the Walt Disney Pictures. By Walt Disney. Heidi Boy, pic- Heidi, Heidi Boy Heidi, Pictures. Mr. Heidi Toidy. Heidi Boy, Heidi Boy kit, uh, Pictures. So Zip Studios and Contrafilm. And it was animated by Core Feature Animation. But that's C-O-R-E, capital. It's an anagram. Lots of well-known so, businesses. It was... It's... The third and final film that was co-produced by Walt Disney Pictures, the others being The Brave Little Toaster, which I didn't actually realise. I love that film. I didn't realise that had any Disney connection it's whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's basically oh. Pixar, isn't it? I've never, yeah. I've never seen it. it. Never seen it's it. It's never anywhere. I hope it comes on Disney Plus at some point because I think it is a great Christmas film, and I would love us to do that as a Christmas review. Maybe we find it next oh, year and really? do it. Really. I look forward to that thing because I've heard other people talk very nostalgically about it and I've never seen it. It's great. So that would be good. Uh, and The Nightmare Before Christmas is the other one and then this was the third and final one. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, I don't know anything about Brave Little Toaster but I know about The Nightmare Before Christmas in that the the touch of the Disney company was very light. Very light indeed. It was distant. It was made in a different city. There was a bit of money, mm. not much creative control. So I'm presuming that's the situation here. Um, the your director is, and this is a brilliant name, Steve Spaz Williams. Spaz, in, in inverted mark. commas, presumably. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's, nicknamed. he's a fun guy. He is. It's like, oh, he's, he's a little bit zen. He is a little bit I'm crazy. surprised that word is anywhere near the credits on a Disney film. I'm presuming it's not meant... No. I think it'll be to do with Steve. Yeah, yeah, but it just seems like a strange word to highlight, you know, that they might say, oh, would you mind if we just didn't mention that because it has certain connotations. And there's no hiding it either. The film finishes and it's there right in front of you, first thing that happens in in the credits. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Strange one. Mm. Is that... Does that have the same connotations in the US, sir? I don't know. Yes, I think it does. All right, okay. Pretty sure it does. I don't know, those those crazy yanks. No idea. Um, It was... So, he um, is a a computer animator, uh, and he'd worked on uh, Jurassic Park and T2 and The Mask 
and then and he was just an animator and then he created his own production company so his production company is Heidi Boy film Heidi Boy Pictures <laughs> and this is the only film to come out of Heidi Boy Pictures Really <laughs> I believe so <laughs> it was the only one that was sort of listed in his works and it makes Spans. sense it was never yeah. heard of again um your screenwriters have got a little bit more form. They were from something about Mary and um Santa Claus the Santa Claus two, the Santa Claus three. You know where he falls off the roof. Those ones. Um Wow. And they both they both worked on Boy Meets World. Oh yeah. So there's something there. I'm stretching a bit here because like I said, there's nothing on the Wikipedia page. And when we've run out of everything on this show. <laughs> We're just going to go through every single episode of Boy Meets World <laughs> one week at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing. When we, there's going to be like one listener left, one <laughs> Boy Meets World fan. We'll have to pause it, uh, pause the podcast halfway through for toilet breaks because we're all geriatric. Uh, by oh then. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to mention. I'm going to mention how much uh, Mr. Feeney sounds like Kit in every episode as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Each week I will forget and I'll say, I can't tell it. Is he been sarcastic or is he been funny? And I'll always forget because I'm old. This is next year, by <laughs> the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It um, included voices from Kiefer Sutherland playing Samson the Lion, Jim Belushi playing Benny, Eddie Izzard playing Nigel and Janine Garofalo. Garofalo? Uh, playing Bridget. Garuffalo's child. Um, this is not terribly interesting, but two more voices I had to look up was the two alligators in the sewer. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hugh, Hugh and I are binge-watching Sopranos at the yeah, moment, yeah. and I just thought, you've got Italian-American New Jersey accents there. I bet those actors have been in yeah. Sopranos. So I looked them up. They'd both been in Sopranos. Yeah, and one of them Score. was also one of the uh, muggers in Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a very small pool. <laughs> um so it's the biggest it's the biggest animated film. It's the biggest grossing Disney film <laughs> yeah. of all the time. That nobody ever heard of. Not a patch on Snow Ice. It's the biggest animated film ever produced right, I have to put a disclaimer in here. In that when I couldn't find anything um, on Wikipedia or in any of my Disney books or in any of the reputable sites, I went down to... Sure, to the dark web. The, well, yeah, the dark web, basically. And they've got, like, trivia on uh, IMDb and stuff. And it is, I've caught it out before I've been really inaccurate. So I'm disclaiming that here. But apparently it was the biggest animated film ever produced with over 400 animators... And then it phrased it really funny with over 400 animators in a large building. <laughs> Citation needed. That's how it phrased yeah. it. So that was right. I've got a couple of theories here. That's like the filmmaker's mum going, Oh, it was as big as film ever. He had hundreds 400 of them animators in his all building. in one building in my house. Oh, it. It was a front for money laundering. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the only thing. Oh, we're making a movie. I've got 400 people on the payroll. That's the only explanations I can come up with. What if this is, yeah, what if this is a money laundering film? I, I could believe it. I could believe it. God, could you imagine? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. It was the first Disney film not released on VHS. Now, I had to kind of look that up because I thought that doesn't sound right. It was limited release for the Disney Movie Club members could get a copy of a VHS, but it wasn't widely released mm. on VHS. So, that's so it's not true then. <laughs> um, it was printed onto VHS, but you couldn't have bought it. Maybe I could. I so, could have Rude. Yeah. You couldn't have rude. bought it. It could, if, it could if you wanted to. Yeah, not you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't um, want to buy it. <laughs> oh, I when you purely do. I got now this is a little bit damning. It was the first film released by Walt Disney Animated Studios after John Lasseter was named chief creative officer for both Pixar and Disney Animation. Right. Um, so by coincidence, it could have been a very short career, couldn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Spotted that. 
Um, there are no human faces seen in the film, and aren't we mm. grateful for that? Mm. <laughs> Given the form of previous computer animated. Oh films. no, I, I argue that's not that's not correct. There, yeah. there is a human face. Is there? Yeah, uh, the koala. Who looks nothing like a koala? Oh, oh yeah, he just looks like a looks like a human with a long black nose. Yes, <laughs> and that is me, fully exhausting my research. Wow. And I tried, boys. I tried. Do you know what? It's just not out there. I'm really glad though, because if there was ever a film I didn't want to know more about, this is it. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, yeah. So what we'd normally do at this point, and I guess we'll do it today as well, is we talk about the story, and we talk about the animation. Um, we talk about the music. I'm telling you people who haven't been tracking us doing this for two years um, what we do here. Um, and uh, and then we score it all. Um, but first, what do we do, Hugh? Well, there are ten points that we need to add up to make up the final score to up to 100. And we get those from the children. Now, this is one of the shortest ones I've ever had to put together. the wild i don't have really much to say about it but i will give it a two out of five so it's about this lion's son is missing and they have to go to the wild to find it one funny part is when a squirrel gets stuck up the big lion's nose and the little lion can't really roar at the start and the big lion has this team and he did like turtle bowling Turtle darts, or whatever it was. Curling. My favourite bit was... The end. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very dramatic pause. My favourite bit was the end, when they all, like, danced. My favourite character was the big lion, Samson. Uh, what's the little one called again? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan the lion. <laughs> Are they chameleons or fox? They were chameleons, yeah, I think they were chameleons. Okay, I would say the chameleons. I would give it a three out of five. I would give it a seven out of six. Okay. Anything else you'd like to say? Nope. Bye. Pick the buns out of that, Hugh. So, Bonnie's bit on that was about seven seconds. She had nothing to say. She was totally disinterested in it. Uh, Lucas, I, you know, Lucas is normally extremely thorough. Do you know what he said Uh, to me? It it, it goes through every scene. He said to me before we started, he said, do I have to... Do I have to tell, talk about everything? <laughs> can I just can I just give yeah. my score? <laughs> yeah. And then he still gave it that. Yeah, he gave it a three. He, he said, "I said, what's the worst Disney film you've seen?" He said, "Fantasia." <laughs> and I said, "All oh, right." Yeah. He said, "But I like Fantasia 2000." Um, I said, "And you think this was better than Fantasia?" He said, "Yes." Uh, and what's got to do with Fantasia two? Okay, fair enough. You can give it a three. That's fine. I'd allow it. Yeah, well, Bonnie was in and out of the room. I could tell she wasn't interested. And afterwards, when I say, can we do the recording for the show, I could tell it just wasn't even worth, like, trying to cajole her. I just said, look, just say you didn't really like it and I'll give it a whatever. And she actually gave it. She, she gives it everything a four. She gave it a two. <laughs> um, so, normally, like, they would, like, summarise the story for us, but they didn't have a great deal to say, so... Maybe we're going to have to do that when when we talk about the story. So it's time to discuss how the story goes, I know. It can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. Or can it? (laughs) Well, no, hang on, hang on. What if it is? Right, the first thing I want to say, I want to put this right out there, is when they did that opening ident Mm. and it kept coming back... Mm. Mm. Right, they did that, Mm. I liked that, Mm. and then that led into this really stylized, Mm. um, exaggerated storytelling. Mm -hmm. My first thoughts were, do you know what? 
this has been underestimated. What if this is like a hidden classic? This could be really, really good. I mean, you're right. And the first five minutes, I thought were good. You're right, except it still had Kiefer Sutherland um, narrating it. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I accept but that. But I agree. I wrote but that down as well. I wrote I wrote this. I, I wrote the same thing. I got really excited. I thought we were going to uncover a hidden gem. Now, that's all I want to say. There's a, there's something he says in 24 all the time. Damn it. I, I used to quote it all the time. I can't Damn remember. It. Is, is, it just, is it just get me the antidote? He probably said that as well, yeah. It says damn it Get me the antidote. Damn it, Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. But in this... Damn it, Chloe. This is just a film of him saying Ryan, Ryan about 300 times. Do you know what? I meant to have a look and Ryan. see if I could find it's any, anywhere online that told me how many times he said it in the film because he said it a lot. Yeah. And the thing is about the name Ryan, it's a great name. Anyone well, listening who's got a name Ryan. However, it, it doesn't have hard consonants in it, so it comes out Ryan. If, if you think of it in terms of lion, it makes sense. Ryan, yeah. It's like, lion. you know, key... Keon in um, the, uh, the the sequel to Lion King. Mm. Is it Keon? Mm. Or the... Uh, Kovu. Oh, the, the TV series. Lion Pride. Oh, Pride. Yeah, the Lion Guard. Guard. Yeah. yeah, Lion Guard. He's called Keon, isn't mm. he? Uh, and Ryan, Lion, fair enough. But to me, Ryan, that's just a kid I went to college with. Ah. It's such an ordinary sounding name. You see, to me, Ryan is is Ryan's world on YouTube. That that's what comes into yeah. my mind. Now, luckily, the Ryan's kids have grown out of him now. But all I could hear was his mum going, "Ryan, hey Ryan." Yeah, in that mm. cavernous, massive mansion they've got, <laughs> and you can literally hear the echoes as, as they talk on that because they've got so much money. And no yeah, friends. you can hear all the the coins <laughs> dropping like Scrooge McDuck in the massive mansion. Yeah. Oh, new episode uh, so, of that dropped this week. No. <laughs> what? Ryan? No. Uh, DuckTales. New series. Oh, oh do they? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, like you say, there's that really exciting opening. And then and then what feels like 20 minutes of curling. Yeah. <laughs> curling. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're still curling. Uh, it's not 20 minutes. It's not even that. But it just feels like such immediately the pace just drops down to... And, you know, like they're playing a sport, it should be exciting, but it just feels so flat, doesn't it? They're just demonstrating um, a bit like... Um, have you seen that film Madagascar? A bit like in Madagascar, right, that what they're doing is they're showing that when Central Park Zoo, because it's the same blooming zoo... It's the same when zoo? When Central Park Zoo closes, um, the lion, who obviously is the most important animal there, goes and meets up with his giraffe buddy and the penguins and uh, curls... With a snake. And I love how there's just one of each animal. Uh, I'm not, I don't like it when we nitpick things like this, but there's one Is of each animal and they all end up friends together. You, you'd think they'd kind of at least make friends by height or something. And curling as well. That was kind of big at this time, but curling would never feature in a film now, would it? Was it, was it big? Big it, if you're from Canada or Scotland. Is it big in the US? Yeah, but I, I, remember, it, I remember it being like, it was a bit of a spectacle. It was like it was new in the Olympics, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, and people were watching it, and people, people, comedians were talking about it, and it was a real like it, was, it was a cultural phenomenon almost. Mm. But then it just faded away, and you know, like it dates the film. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, and like, it didn't clearly, need that. <laughs> it didn't need any well, help. <laughs> In 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 the kids bit, Lucas, he's he, he, at one point he calls it darts. He calls it three things: <laughs> ice skating, he calls darts, it or something. Ice skating, then darts, and then he finally gets curling. <laughs> <laughs> the minute he mentions, or somebody mentions those green green boxes as well, you're like, because yeah. I I kind of had some hope that they might stick to the zoo and have a little bit of zaniness mm-hmm. in the um in the city. Yeah, but. I knew it was called The Wild, but I really hoped, like, I really hoped they wouldn't travel to Africa. Because in that, you know that film, Madagascar? Oh, no, I've not seen it. Go on, carry on anyway. Not seen that one. Well, the thing is about that is they do the same thing. And when Mm. I watched that, I thought this is ridiculous. True. I thought this is ridiculous that they would just manage to find the way to Madagascar. It's nonsense. But these guys... They manage to make two different routes and then find each other when they get there. I know, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, he's such an arbitrary like argument as well that he has with his dad, just so they can get him into that container. Because he just doesn't feel because he's a like kitten that the, doesn't roar. Because kittens don't roar. He's a cub. Well, mm. whatever. He's a kitten. He's a pussy cat. Yeah. Whatever. Ryan. Oh, but 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 before they go on this adventure, they have to speak to some uh, very questionable pigeons. Oh yeah, instead of the penguins, now, get me the pigeons. But I was watching that and I thought, right, they've got strong Asian accents, and there's like an Asian, like there's some Asian music playing, and then these like, these lady pigeons doing this this sort of uh, national Indian dance, mm-hmm. and I thought, now. Is this inappropriate? Like, my instinct was it was, but I was like, no, but hang on, let's just look up the actors. White. Yeah. Well, the main guy was, anyway, the, the one that plays at Hamir, he was a white guy. So I thought, oh, no. And it was a very strong accent he was doing. I'm not going to lie, I switched and off in that just bit. Nasty taste in their mouth there. What, what was the purpose of them? What did they do? Because I, I literally switched Comedy. off. Comedy. Yeah, but, but they went to get them to do something. What did they do? Uh, I think they were wise. Wise about what? It's what to do. I can't remember. I was actually too. I was too busy looking up whether or not I was offended. Right. <laughs> and it turned out I was. Yeah. I think it. I think they were just telling him where to where to go because they can fly around the city and they know. Right. Mm. Cool. Good on them. Was Benny the squirrel? Was he an exhibit at the zoo, or did he just bomb around Central Park? Because he wasn't. I mean, they don't have squirrels in zoos, do they? No. So um, he was free to come and go as he pleased. Yeah, yeah. pretty but much. pigeons as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, free to come and go. And and free to, you know, have a totally unrealistic um, infatuation with a giraffe. Then, and I'm, I'm um, zooming ahead a bit here. When they get to Africa, you can go back in a second, okay. but they had to introduce a... Nemesis, mm-hmm. and they chose as that nemesis a wildebeest who wanted not to be the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, don't really think wildebeest has been the bottom of the food chain. Um, don't know if they wanted to be the top of the food chain. They didn't really seem to know what they wanted to do, and I don't understand anything about it. <laughs> This this film seemed to be leading up to Ryan finding his raw. Yeah. And I, did I miss it? Because uh, at the end, they were on the boat and the dad had done the big raw and like he'd had his big moment. But then, and then Ryan said, oh, and I found my raw. And I said to Lucy, did I miss that? Did Was there a bit where he roared like a proper no. adult lion? No. There wasn't. No, I don't remember. And that. I said. That is ridiculous then. Like, unless I missed it and there was a moment where he, he finally found his roar. But he says he finds his roar. I didn't hear him roar. Now, and I need to double check that because it seems like something I must have missed. I have a, a big <laughs> plot hole um, issue. Um, and it goes a bit like this. this. This is how engaged by this film I was, by the way. Um, I started mm-hmm. thinking, right. First off, about two minutes in, I wrote down, I bet. His big secret is that he's not actually from the wild. Mm. Yeah. And lo, lo and behold, that is exactly what it turned out to be. But as soon as that turned out, I thought, right, hang on a second. And I spent the next 15 minutes looking at the lifespan of animals. Now, a regular lion would live 10 to 14 years, okay? Now, thinking about the fact that he's been born in, uh, uh, bred in captivity and was a cub that was in the zoo there from a very young age... If he's somewhere... No, he was in the circus. Well, he was before, but he was still a cub when he went to the zoo. Now, it's unrealistic to think that a giraffe, which has a lifespan of 26 years, um, a koala that has a lifespan of 13 to 18 years, um, a hippo, for instance, because there was a hippo there that was a friend that has a lifespan of 40 years, uh, or a python, a lifespan of 30 years, that none of those knew that he was bred in captivity. It, It is not realistic to consider that, because when he arrived at that zoo... He couldn't roar either because it was proven in his backstory. I have an issue with that personally. Mm. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make that heard. But I've also got an issue with that backstory. Why was that entire circus show reliant on a cub roaring for the first time? Yeah. So. No idea. So we see that it can't roar. Sam, young Samson can't roar. 
So why was the ringmaster saying, and now the lion, and he finds his roar? How, what show is this where you get a lion cub out to do its first roar in front of an audience? It was preposterous. Have you never been to the The audience wouldn't know it was his first roar because it's the first time they've seen the show. The ringmaster doesn't know for a fact that he's going to roar anyway, and even if he did, it wouldn't be impressive. It's like some weird Freudian (laughs) dream, isn't it? It was, that, that was completely nonsensical. Mm. I have a bit of a plot issue. Um, when they get on the boat, and uh, and then they scare off the sim, and he jumps off the boat, and uh, then the snake wraps himself around the steering wheel of the boat, and just in the nick of time steers out of the way of the other boat. The uh, the water that's being pushed by the other boat would have been enough to capsize and sink that boat, and then <laughs> well, he goes to another boat and does exactly the same thing again. Still no capsizing. Just saying. <laughs> The laws of physics really don't apply to this film. And when we get onto animation, I have several things to say about it. I'm sure there's a bit... You know when the squirrel turns up on the birds and then they can't see the boat that they're chasing, so the squirrel points in the direction the boat is. I'm sure he's pointing in the wrong direction. Again, I'd have to watch it again, but he seemed to point exactly the opposite to where the boat was going that I thought. Hmm. Anyway... Can I could I, be wrong there, could be wrong. Can I say, while we're still in story, something in the film's defence? <laughs> um, the story was awful. Just good pointless defense, good defense. from beginning to end. <laughs> I actually think the dialogue itself, yeah. and in many ways the pacing of the awful story and things like that were actually quite good. It, I thought the tone was, was, was humorous. The way they were talking, like... Uh, when we talked about Raya, the sort of the the, the humorous modern style of CC and that, I find that really annoying, mm. and it wound me up because uh, they were trying to they were trying to have like a funny edge to it. This just generally had a, a, a funnier tone, where some of the interactions were were generally quite okay. But not going to fall out of the sky, anything that, like that. That, the, that flipping thing with the squirrel on the on the bird again. Do you think the, the answer is just going to fall out of the sky and hit you on the head? That kind of humour, just, I hate it. Or when she goes, oh, does anyone know how to steer? Oh, no, we don't, because we're all animals. <laughs> okay, those are, those are bad examples, I'll grant you. But the a lot gags. of that is to do with um, the story and the storyboarding. And then we want this to happen, and then we want that to happen. And that's where the lame jokes come in. Um, I think the actual dialogue was... For the most part, all right, Chris, it's not going to make me this... give the film an eight or anything like that, so don't, don't this... start getting worried. I just want to... It's not a total roast, and I want to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. There's some fairly decent... Can, can I take a little bit of credit away from it? Um, the snake appears to be just there to repeat the things people say and give unnecessary exposition, a bit like Fozzie Bear in Muppets Most Wanted. It, it's just, it's horrible. That character is just terrible. What is the point in it being mm. there? Yeah. It seems like a real afterthought as well. You know how, um, not Hey Hey, Pua was literally drawn in later to Mo- Moana because mm. they just felt they wanted something to sell toys. There's something about that snake that he's, for 90% of the film, he's so, has no purpose and he doesn't gel with the rest of the characters and he doesn't seem to have a place. You know, like, he's got his buddy and, and he fancies her and all that stuff. The snake, I just don't don't know why it's there. And it's like they put him in afterwards <laughs> to solve a couple yeah. of star, uh, a couple of things, like how do they get down the grate? You know, it's just like the odd bit like that. It's like, do you know, do you know um, the, there's a little character in The NeverEnding Story that, like, he's like, he's like a little creature he's got like a kind of a witch's face but he's a man <laughs> he's a little man character mm. and he's only oh i think he's he rides on the bat but his only purpose is they keep cutting to him just so he can react so he keeps going oh, oh yeah they're talking to the queen oh, oh. you know that that snake felt like that yeah and every time they cut to him i was like oh shut up and, and just to make him more endearing they gave him the most irritating voice Speaking of that, now I think I said this quite recently, but um, that was someone famous. Brits, uh, their voices maybe they sound exotic and funny to Americans, but whenever I hear a Brit 
in one of these films, the voice sticks out a mile and it just sounds so ordinary and not like a cartoon yeah. voice to yeah. me. As Eddie is I love him, but I don't know what he's doing there. Um, why is he playing a koala? He's a Brit. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Um, I, I actually wrote that down. It, Things I learned from this film. Koalas are English. Flamingos are yeah. Scottish. Um, yeah. Oh, um, that's the snake. Yeah, he was um, out of Spin City, and you know that that guy he's, he's really Bing Bong from Inside Out. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Take it yeah. to the moon for me. Uh, mm. I did like the crocodiles. Alligators. Yes, the alligators. They, they were funny. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and what was a refreshing change was the crate mm. that uh, Ryan ended up in uh, when they went to the island. It turns out. They were rescuing the animals, mm. and I thought, oh, are they capturing them to take them to the zoo? Turns out they were rescuing, and it was so refreshing to see mm. humans not just being, oh, we're humans, we're bad. You know, like, and we all, we all kind of go, yeah, we're terrible, we should do something about it. It's like, no, you know what, sometimes we do help the animals. In fact, most of the time we do. Yes. And it's nice to see them that being acknowledged that they were on a rescue mission. Yeah, agreed. Did we all enjoy seeing the rodent have a poo? Reading, oh yeah, reading the leaf. Well, that was that was going to be my my one favourite bit. <laughs> Not the squirrel going uh, up the lion's nose. That was my favourite bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it is like it's like. Doesn't anybody knock anymore? It was but, funny. He had this leaf like that. Presumably, there'd be some kind of writing on yeah. it. Yeah, well, but the, the weird thing is, like, he's supposed to be having a poo, but then immediately he he turns around and he he, he calls down the toilet chute. Sh- uh, because, you know, the guy's saying, oh, I'm looking for friends. He's like, ah, oh, no friends down here, or whatever he says. And he presents his bum to the camera, but this is the same bum that he's supposed to have just been pooing mm. out of. So and I was looking no for hole. a hole. <laughs> yeah. Or some kind of chocolate frosting. Yeah, some kind of residue on it. <laughs> oh, what were those Austrian dung beetles about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like gosh, yeah. seconds. Earth was that. Were the, were the Austrian? <laughs> Yeah. The kind Something of like that. Be- they were doing the um, Tarant, not the Tarantella. No, no. Uh, like there's these, these like foot slapping ones. These, Tyrolean. These beer keller like <laughs> female dung beetles. I just what? I, and it's not like oh, it's kind of funny because it's weird and random. It was. Just, <sighs> it just made you go, what are they? Why did the? What was that? So the tone was so weird. Why did the wildebeest have to dance? Was that to do with Home on the Range and the? and the guy in that and the need to have something similar the, there's potential for that to be funny that they're like the the boss is like uh, he, he, you know he's got aspirations of putting on him like a musical show and like that was William Shatner and, and none of them oh that was Shatner but they didn't play I to it at all though, it, did they I, no it just it just it wasn't that funny I, you know that I didn't realise that, that was Shatner because I saw he was in it and I was thinking oh he, that's he funny because his voice cause he, he's, he's almost in over the, he's also in over the hedge <laughs> Mm. Which is kind of has comparisons to this, I guess, because it's got animals in it. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I didn't get that. They they're not an animal sort of known for being regimented in that kind of way. And like you say, if they'd been making something really zany and weird out of it, it just it was all just a hot mess. I think though, um, there was kind of they were trying to do like a nod to the producers <clears throat> or something. Maybe yeah. there was. Because there's a bit where he almost does the Roger Debris like turn, turn, kick, turn, 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 kick, turn. You know that bit. Mm. And there's a bit where he's going turn, step, you know, yeah, turn, step, yeah. kick, or whatever. That's out of chorus line, really. The a parody of it, and right. the parody producers is really parodying that rather okay. than. Oh, that's next level because I'm quite good at musicals now, but I'm not that good. <laughs> so I've not, I don't think I've even seen Chorus Line. Don't see the film. Um, mm. See the stage show. Yeah. Don't see the film. Okay. Is there one in that? Yes. Yes. Yes, one is in that. I've, I've, perfor- <laughs> I've performed that number in a different show. <laughs> Singular sensation. Um, peripatetic, poetic and chic. Yeah. That's a good tongue twister for a warm-up. Uh, where was I? Um, bah, 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 bah. I? I would actually, people listening to this who've not seen this film and are like, I, w- I want to know whether it's worth watching. No. thing is... Short answer, no, it's not. But <laughs> go and watch it, because now we're talking about it and we're talking about um, dung beetles dancing the Tyrolean and rodents having a poo, and you realise how bonkers it is. And I do think it's something you should maybe experience. On drugs. 
I I <laughs> can't decide if I would watch this again or not. I th- I think it might be bad enough to be worth watching to laugh at. I probably won't watch it, but if I'm trying to think of the circumstances gunpoint under which it would be like Bonnie would have to ask for it but there's no way no, she'd ask she for wouldn't. it so no one in this house would say I'll tell you what should we watch that <laughs> it, it's very unlikely I'll ever watch it again but if it was on it wouldn't be the worst thing mm. shall we score the story yeah. yeah we're 40 minutes into the show wow mm. but I've got a feeling it's going to speed up especially when we get to music <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first then? Go on. Okay, I'll go first. It had it, despite everything, it did have redeeming features. I f- felt it had a strong opening, and like I say, some of the dialogue was good. And that is just rescuing it from a one because the story itself is so terrible. So I'm going to give it a three for story. This film is just Keith Sutherland, as we said, saying Ryan about 300 times. Um, how they have the nerve to even reference The Lion King when they show the poster they walk past the poster in New York they reference it more than once how the nerve how the nerve to mention that film in within this is beyond me um, but it's generic it is vaguely amusing um, the real shame of me uh, for me was um, at the end uh, towards the end of the credits a, a, it recommended watching Zootropolis and that's like eating a piece of gristle while being shown a photograph of a steak <laughs> Because <laughs> it just made me go, oh yeah, I do. I really do want to watch that compared to this. But like I palate think, cleanser. I think there's just enough there for me to give it a five. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit at the end of this film when uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character Sam gets up and dances in front of everybody and does a horrible dad dance and then poses and goes, hey, hey, and they're all yeah. there agog. Mouth oh. wide open, going, "What the hell was that?" And oh. Ryan says, mm. "Yeah, that was great." And everyone goes, "Yeah, that was great." I imagine that was the conversation that went on when this film was pitched. Someone went, "And that's the film." What do you think? And somebody <laughs> in there just went, looked at everybody who blatantly thought it was terrible, and went, "Yeah, yeah, it's good. This, come on, everybody, it's good. We're going to do it." Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Two, it's a two. Two. That I forgot how that that bit is really embarrassing. It was almost as if Keith Sutherland was actually doing that mm-hmm. awkward dance, and I was going, "Oh no, he's trying to do comedy, and he's he, mm. he's not a comedian." That's what that felt Just like. It was nice. awful. Animation. So we're off to a cracking start. Animation. Look at the animation you, the characterization you, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. Well, we have to start with that intro. Yes. Because you're watching that intro and you're like, this is brilliant. Yeah. The look of it. And then it's so impressive that you're just disappointed when that's not the whole film. And you just, it's so stylized and interesting. The colours are amazing. The lighting, it's so dramatic and... You know, it's a fantasy, so it's supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. But it, all that does is just spoil the rest of make it. Make the rest of it look even worse than it is. Yep. I agree. Mm. There's, there's not a lot more to say, really. Um, the, the Sims, the, the people are like The Sims, the, the computer game, The mm. Sims, and I hate that. I just hate these kind of faceless, like like they couldn't be bothered doing. It. I know they don't want the focus to be on the humans, and that's fine. But it just, I hated it. Really hated it. Can I jump in? I've got a big problem. Well, it's with this film. That's what my big problem is. But yeah, you, you know, you're not about to tell us about a lump. You can I found this lump. Do films about animals, and you, uh, such as The Lion King and Bambi, and you can study the animals anatomically, and you can make them anatomically correct. Or you can do films like Zootopia and Robin Hood, where you make a conscious decision to humanise them. What's what's the word for a humanised animal? Anthropomorphic. Anthrop- Anthropomorphise yeah. them. Um, but what they've done here is they've decided they're going to do, and I'm going to use quotation marks, anatomically correct animals, but then not animate them or move them in any way close to it. For example, you've just talked about that dance <clears throat> scene at the end. 
the lion finish stood up on his hind legs, finishes by putting his arms in the air yeah. like that, and an animal's shoulder, a lion's shoulders joints don't move in that way. Now I know that sounds really finickety, but it's not because what you know how a lion moves because you're a human and you've been watching mm-hmm. David Attenborough your whole life. And when you see it, it just feels so off. It's like the flavour's off. It's like gone off food. You're like, something not quite right there. And that happens throughout the entire film. And I feel the same about... I mean, the face of the lion is essentially anatomically correct. Mm. But then other animals, like you meant, who mentioned the koala? Yeah, the that koala is have... awful. But the mm. snake is worse. The snake's eyes are like the snake's got a flat face. Yeah, yeah, he's got like a almost like a human face. It's got like a nose and stuff. It's just it. I, it's just awful. Now you can choose to do that, and I will stand by in any animator's right to choose to do that. But you have to pick a side. You have mm. to pick a side, and this skirts it. Terribly. It was just inconsistent, tonally, mm. the look of it, aesthetically, I mean. Um, I, do you know what, though? For for the time, it's technically very good. Like, the, tech, the, the fur, yeah. you know, the detail is good. Yeah, it is. But it's artistically, the characters are so boring to look at. It's not stylized. It's just... It's not artistically engaging. I I, I have an annoyance with some of, some of the character animation as well, and it, and it's this: you could tell when they went into the sewers that the crocodiles weren't bad because they weren't grotesque. Every single evil character in this in this uh, film was grotesque. Those yeah. dogs were hideous. <laughs> like they were yeah. just they were horrible. They wouldn't go for an angry dog like realism. They just went for this horrible grotesque thing and I, that really annoys me it just really really annoys me you don't have to go down that route you can make something look evil or or angry or nasty without having to take it to that stage i think i don't remember these dogs no it's like a poodle with one poppy out yeah I? yeah um i'm quite surprised to hear you say it was technically good i know what you're saying about the fur and things like that mm-hmm. um but two points I know a little bit about animation, not much, but a little bit. And when you've got a face moving, you've got certain um, points that you can manipulate muscles and things. And I just don't think they had enough points that they could manipulate in faces. But if you sort of wink an eye, your upper lip moves because everything's sort of connected. Now, if you watch some of the facial animations, the expression would change in their eye, in their eyes, and the lower part of the face would not move or they would talk and their eyebrows and, and forehead muscles wouldn't move. Mm. And so they, they weren't... It, the faces just weren't moving organically because they I weren't suppose, moving the way they should. I suppose I take your point if I compare it to anything Pixar were doing, not even at the time, like, you know, uh, 10 years before was still way ahead of what, of what this is. But... Yeah. But um, one of the things I kept thinking was... If the remake, because I refuse to call it a live-action film, if the remake of Lion King had been done in this style, I actually think it might have been a better film because the the mm. facial movements and stuff were more acceptable with this than they were on those photorealistic animals that you get in, in that remake. Mm. I, see, I just just don't think it was well animated. I, I mean, like, from a, an actual animation point of view, I don't think they moved realistically. I don't think the facial expressions were good at all. And then the second point I was going to bring is whenever they ran, the feet didn't con- yeah. make contact with the floor. They didn't make believable contact. And they didn't have that sense of gravity and weight. You know, when somebody jumps or pounces, there's a real speed to it. The old bouncing ball animation... I think it was really poorly executed in every way. I'm quite surprised. There was a bit when yeah, you guys when uh, it. the dad when when Kiefer Sutherland was running towards Ryan um, in in the Ryan. jungly bit, and I did think at the time it's a bit funny the way that he's running. But actually, when I thought about it, cats move in a, even when they're moving fast, they move in a very steady kind of way, and it didn't it didn't look awful, but it wasn't great. I mean, I, I'm completely in agree with in agreement with you, Lucy. I don't think it's particularly 
well animated, but I also, I, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not great. It, something I liked was the way that um, Sam's instincts were represented. I thought it was really nice how things were, were like lighting up and changing colour. But then, didn't it just turn out that they were like magical chameleons the whole time? Yeah, and, and why, so why didn't other animals suffocate when a... they were wrapped up in by chameleons? <laughs> but that, that, it's just such a shame that it, it like it totally took away that that thing where it was like, oh, so he does have something inside him that that works, but, you know. He does have these instincts, these natural instincts. There is something inside him, you know. It's not all about where you're from. It's like what's inside you, maybe. Um, and then it was a crappy. Yeah, gag. I was like, yeah. What, what are these chameleons saying it was them the whole time. But then even so, how are they changing entire trees? Didn't add up. No, I agree. That was awful. Mm. Do you want to score the animation? Yeah. Oh, um, five, four. I I know not much, and I could pick some massive holes in it just from my limited knowledge. I'm going with a two. And it's only not a one because the opening sequence was so good. This is low. <laughs> Do we move on to music? Hi. There you go. So, was it clocks? Was it called oh. by clocks? <laughs> That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Let's get straight to that. Bit. I wrote Listen, Darth Vader. Right. I wrote no. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, there's uh, there's some awful. It's oh. So of its time. The, the, there's that song "Good Enough" near the start, and it's in that sort of soft rock style, that sort of "We're Good Enough," that schlocky mid-noughty soft mm. rock thing. And I was like, "Well, that's awful." Mm. Blah blah blah. But when Clocks played by Coldplay, I, I, I was, <laughs> I wasn't just out of the I was out of the entire film when that when I heard that. I'm so glad. Do you know what I wrote? You're gonna to have to talk me up here from a very low score. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, that that song, it just it was it was inappropriate for the moment in time. And if they were looking at the wonder of of New York, it wasn't an upbeat enough song. And the fact that what they were doing was was like quite a tense moment when they were going and trying to find him, and and yet they were playing this song, it just didn't make sense to me. And on top of all that, it was Coldplay. Yeah, but also like that song is so overused yeah. and so overly familiar. Mm-hmm. It it was. I, it was almost like it had been, I don't know, it's like we're watching it. It's like, is this the actual song or has, has it been redubbed recently? It's just someone like quickly had to dub a, a different song over it for some reason. It just didn't seem like it was, it, it, it belonged there at all. It was, it was a bit like weird. I, I actually wondered if they'd got some kind of um, financial arrangement with Coldplay. Because I was that baffled. I was that baffled by it. It's the same way that I think the whole thing was a money laundering scheme. I'm like, have they, have they got this thing and somebody's twisted someone's arm to put this song in this movie? Because, I mean, what the heck? I, have, have, you looked at and, the, and, um, have you looked at the person who's done the music? Because my, my expectations here are it's the same person who did the music or probably still does the music for Homes Under the Hammer, UK daytime uh, classic programme, because Ryan wanted to go home to the wild, home, where he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. and then they just appropriately played that song at the right time. I think that might be who it was. Didn't uh, Alan Sylvester... Yeah, Sylvestri was the composer. No. Um, so actually, I feel the, like I want to give him a good score just because it? it's him. But so I, so, so I listened a bit to the score specifically... Um, because I saw that his neck, as I was watching it, I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. So I listened to the, the score and I was like, oh, actually, there's some all right stuff in there if you listen carefully. But the thing about Coldplay and the thing about a lot of the music in Chicken Little was that, you know, Disney's like, you know, fantasy mm. and it's magical and all this. And those songs are so ordinary and everyday, yeah. it ruins it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Completely agree. I'm ready to score it. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then, Lucy. I went first last... Oh, no, I didn't... It's your turn. Is it my turn? Well, do you know yeah. what? I was going to be a bit kinder, but I'm actually going to give it a one. 
I've just remembered, and I can't remember what the song actually is because it's very unmemorable, that the credit <laughs> song wasn't bad. The song on the end credits was a highlight, but because I can't remember wasn't it, it, awful it cover? I'm going to give it... It was an awful cover of something. I'm going to give it a two. Right. Oliver and Cook... So far, I'm, I'm sorry to give away the score so early, but Oliver and Cook scored 37, right? Yeah. Now... This is currently on 29. <laughs> Did you give that a two just then, Lucy? So yeah. So I need to give You're this... give the music an eight. So I need to give this an eight <laughs> or more. Now... For clocks. I was going to give it a two because of clocks, <laughs> but then I did listen to some of the score and I thought, it deserves more than that. And I'm like... Does, do I want to give it a four or a three? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> this is the lowest scoring film we've ever done. But how low is it? I think... Do you know what? Even if I thought it deserves a four because of the score, putting clocks in it is unforgivable, and that it's I'm going to I'm going to give it the three. <laughs> Generous. Oh. Well, so that is a grand total of thirty-two. Rock. This bottom. is the new lowest scoring film. I mean, we kind of all had the instinct that that would be the case, didn't we? Just because. The fact it's like the movie of shame. The fact that it's been so brushed mm. away so readily. It's, it seems to it seems to obvious. It seems too obvious that this is the lowest one, and uh, like it's a shame that like we've given a lot is. of I films thought, recently a good chance though. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe this is a hidden gem. Who knows? Mm. But it really wasn't. No. I usually while you add up, I talk about the um, IMDb scores and stuff. But you you were way ahead of me there. Well, I wanted to do like you know you know, like on. Um, Come down with me, White. Where it's like, <laughs> if Tina gives it a gives it a, a, a seven, then then Jeremy will win. And, and they always keep that person's score back. I was trying to do that. Okay, Go on then, Lucy. Right. Well, I'll, I'll talk about money first of all. The budget was eighty million, sixty million of which was laundered, <laughs> um, and it actually made a hundred and. Three million, so it made a small profit. Certainly not nothing anywhere near to Disney's normal form, but it did make a small profit. Didn't bomb. IMDb, which we always talk, guys. If you listen to this regularly, it just it floats to a level. Does IMDb, and it's usually about seven point two. It's got five point three, which is low. Mm-hmm. But Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it thirty six percent, which is rotten. But the critics, the critics gave it 19%. I thought you were going to say 90. 19, 1, 9. I'm I'm not sure. I'd have to go back through everything. I'm not sure I've ever seen a Rotten Tomatoes score that low. So here's a question for you then. Lucy, do you think this is the worst Mm -hmm. Disney film? Yes. Uh, What are the other contenders? Oliver and Company. No, I, I would much rather watch Oliver and Company. I think it's better. Black Cauldron, I guess, lo- from your view, maybe. Black Cauldron. Ichabod. It's not to my taste. That's the problem. It's not to my taste. Haunted Mansion. But I think it's got more credit. Haunted Mansion, Holiday even special. though I gave it bad scores, I actually enjoyed it for what it was. Holiday Special? Um, oh, Holiday Special is... Lego uh, Star Wars was low. Mm. <laughs> um... So I'm I'm gonna say yes, but and to me it was all the bad animation really. It's not without redeeming features though. And if you're curious, listeners, if you're wild curious, I say go for it. You only live once. The thing about Oliver and Co is the setting was so yeah. miserable. Um, so I'd be tempted to watch The Wild again because at least it's jungles and New York or a zoo. And it's or the ocean. It's like it's bright and it's light same. and it's yeah. I agree. Um, so I still I don't think I could get enjoy being in the Oliver and Co world again. Don't you want to listen to a bit of Billy Joel though, as you strut down Fifth Avenue? Maybe it would depend on the mood. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I th- I think this is a worse film, but I think I'd be more likely to watch this again than Oliver and Company. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cry Factor Hugh. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. I really love I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's Cry Factor. You alright there, Lucy? 
I love that jingle. Is it a jingle? Yeah. <laughs> that sting, whatever you would call that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I don't know the camera together. Absolutely no emotion from me at all. Um, so that gets the lowest, which is a one. Excellent. <laughs> Best bits? Just the pooing creature. <laughs> he... Do you know what? There was there was funny dialogue. There was funny dialogue. I can't mm. think of any right now. Well, there was, you know, uh, I can't imagine beginning the day without looking at myself. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, the guy saying, oh, forget him. He, he never he never got over being flushed down the toilet. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's okay. uh, it's quite funny. Uh, or, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll take the one with the funny news. I am... Um, I'm with Ollie on this one. I like the end because I could turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joy. Here we are. What have we got next time? Well, do you know what? Is I, it I, I think Robinsons? it's Meet the Robinsons, yeah. I'm quite looking forward to this because I do like this film, but I'm also realistic that I think it's not at the level that we're getting towards, but I think it's a, a step up, certainly from this. Do you know, I'm just going to tell a quick anecdote while Hugh looks it up, and I think I might retell this next week. But I did run Disney and they've got characters on the route that you can queue up to meet. And um, they do 20 minute slots and then they change over. Mm. And everyone was queuing up to meet Kronk and Isma. And then they, the 20 minute slot was up and they swapped with the bowler hat man. And the whole line, rather than wait, the whole line just gave up and carried on running. <laughs> they had about 30 people in this line waiting to have the photo taken with Kronk and Isma. And the minute the bowler hat man Aww. came out, everyone just went, nah. <laughs> oh, bowler hat man. I would have waited. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's meet the Robinsons, then bolt. Then bolt. Right. So we're getting and then there. it gets good again. Well, we've got, we've got a Winnie the Pooh to go yet, but... But yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. Do you every time you say that, I go, no. <laughs> I oh. Winnie the Pooh. But it's not, it's not on this list I'm looking at. What list are you looking at? I don't know. Just all 61 animated classics. Not all of them. In then, order. It? <laughs> it's not the. the <laughs> we'll see where it goes up It's to. a UK IMDb one that we're using, but that one just hasn't, hasn't been updated since uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I don't think. Right. This goes up to Frozen 2. There we are. It even goes up to uh, Untitled Film due 2022. Untitled Film? It yeah. has been titled, isn't it, called Encanto? No, that's in here as well. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a very up-to-date list. Doesn't have Winnie the Pooh, though, so this must be... Which version must this be? US, possibly. No, the no, no Winnie the Pooh should be on both. It's number fifty. It's number 49, I think. Oh. Isn't it? Oh, there it is. It's number 49. Yes, it is. Hang on, it says it's before Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, it's after Tangled. It's, it's the one after... Oh, it's 51, then, yes, yeah, one after Tangled. Oh, what a shame. We're just getting into, like... <laughs> we have to hit a roadblock. The, the big hitters. Yeah. And then we have to go... Well, yeah, you Winnie say that, but... I like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, right? Do you know what? Rated really highly on it. I enjoyed it watching it, but it's not... It's something that is enjoyable when you're in it, but I don't look forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, Hang on. ...how the difference is with... Oh, yeah. Because, obviously, it's uh, it's not coming now, is it? It's uh, No, it is coming, sorry. It's not... This one is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not Sterling Holloway. It, mm. It's uh, it's Jim Cumming doing everything, doing all the voices, pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> there we go. Well, that that kind of brings us to an end, I think. Unless you've got anything else you'd like to talk about, no. Excellent. Oh, except I've, I'm getting oh. very prolific with my YouTube videos. I'm doing planning videos and Disney bounding videos and dining videos for the parks, mm. DVC videos. So check them out. Check them out. Like, subscribe. And we did we did put a call out a shout out to to uh, our Twitter oh, followers. Yeah. Um, they're not you know very responsive when we ask them like what they think of the films. But Caitlin Jackson, good old Caitlin Jackson, did uh, as usual help us out. And she said just watched it today. So I think that's dedication. Well, I think she watched it because we basically asked her. If not, that's it. a massive coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She says overall the plot was pretty predictable, but I admit that I did not see the death cult or the volcanic e- eruption coming. <laughs> I don't think any of us did, Caitlin. If we're honest, we didn't talk about uh. that volcanic eruption. The, the volcano erupted, uh. and they just disappeared from inside the volcano to on the boat. There was no actual escape at all. They were just there. And also, that place seemed big enough for for that volcano eruption not to be too big an issue. When it, when it went up, I said, no, they're all dead now. That's it, they're all dead. 
But no, they were on the boat mm. dancing. Good on them. Well, yes, as Lucy says, uh, get on our YouTube, which uh, this, if you're watching this, this is, this is it. You're here now. If you're listening to it, you're not here now. Um, but that's but okay. That's okay, yeah. And there's a link in the in the <laughs> description that will take you to here if that's where you, if here's where you want to be there. Um, so uh, so yeah, go there here and follow us or subscribe, depending on which word you prefer to use. Um, which is a discussion from our DLP show. And our our screens are going to get going to get even more inventive. Yes, yes. We're we're working on something rather special. Well, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks with uh, what have we just said? Meet Thank the Robinsons. Yeah, we'll meet the Robinsons. Um, and we shall see you then. So uh, goodbye for now. Bye. Good night, children. <laughs>